can I can I recommend then? Yes. That you sign in as the Twitter account, pick a date, and I really need some help with that because I've had no time to try and get any followers or do anything on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, revive revive your Twitter career. Let Roseanne be your uh, inspiration. <laughs> Man, how about that? Talk. There is a big gap where Roseanne used to be. You know what time it is? It's time to pick a date. Yeah, that's what we like. And when we pick a date, we want to pick a real good one for you. Pick a date time. It's fun. It's easy. You put your finger on a calendar. You pick a date. It's Stu here. Hello. Um, I'm joined by Matt. Hello. Chubbs. Hello. And Ben. Good evening. Are we sensible this evening? Oh. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, wearing a, a, a natty vest and a bit of a bit of a bow tie uh, mm. and uh, some reading glasses. Cool. Yes. Right. Well, and, uh, in a well-lit that's, area. That's hipster Ben, not sensible. <laughs> in a well-lit hipster, area. Yeah. No, he's yeah. very sensible. He's keeping uh, safe. Yeah, definitely. I also have a seatbelt on. Mm. Um, anyone got any amusing stories from their lives? Yeah. I um I as, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, I freaked my children out at bedtime, um, simply because they asked a random question, which is, do blind people, what do blind people see when they sleep? Ooh. And uh, so I I just explained to them the concept. Oh, you just freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the concept that blind people actually, depending if they're if they're totally blind, they don't see anything. Not, or if they ever had sight. Yeah, if they never had sight. But if they're totally blind, then they they don't see anything. Not it's not like closing your eyes. You don't see black. You don't see anything. And then that just freaked them out. So they're like, what do you mean they don't see anything? It's, it's it's you can understand if you can't hear anything and or can't smell anything. That makes sense, but. To not be able to see anything, it's yeah. not bl- it's not darkness. It's nothing. And do, blind, do blind people dream in pictures? Well, if they're fully blind, they they don't they don't dream in pictures. No. Do they dream in smell? Well, it is audio, visual, <laughs> and 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 mental. It's, it's mm. I don't know. That's hard to explain because I don't because mm, yeah. dreaming I don't know, is. Mm. I don't know how you would dream in smell. <laughs> well, neither do I. I'm not blind. <laughs> God, you've you've uh, twisted me up with your logic there, sensible van. Yeah, so that freaked them out. So I'm going to look it up tomorrow because there, there was a show on ABC last year, which was I think you can't ask me that or something like that, right. where they talked yeah. to um, different groups, and one of them yeah. was about people yeah. who were sight impaired. It's very interesting. Yeah, give you give your children crises a bit. Yeah, that was freaking. I was like, I shouldn't have started that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. I know what to bring up with my class tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's a great thing oh, to bring yeah. up. It would be a great thing, Charles. Oh, that'd be a good art project. Oh, draw a blind person's dream. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, holy crap, yeah. that's great. <laughs> oh. Just go and ask random people tomorrow. Just take a pen mm. and some paper oh. around with you all day and just go, here, go, I've got what a task is... for you. Oh. Yeah. All right. Hey, look, I've got a quick question. Yeah. So I'm at work today in a stall, drop on one. 
Okay. I don't know. Is this is this, right. is this pick, like a trouser story? Yeah, yeah. Is, this a pick, is this pick a date territory? I don't know. But anyway, right? Someone comes in and goes right into the stall next to mine, even though there are spare stalls further away. Oh, comfort, comfort to now. That that's and that's kind of in my space unnecessarily. Am I within my right to just knock on the wall and go, excuse me? Yeah. Can you fuck off? It's invading invading a personal space, really, isn't it? Why would you need to do that? Oh. It's the equivalent of someone coming up and hugging you from behind without being asked. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I, I would, I would, I would, I would, and, ter- and doing a shit at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> as, long as, as long as they're not cuddling you from behind while you're on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's a blumpkin Fire, hug. Oh my god! Carry under the floor. That is, the, yeah, that is the craziest toilet stall ever. It's got a, Fireman's it's carry. Got a releasing door <laughs> behind it where people jump out. Oh and right. <laughs> Oh, that yeah, sounds like yeah. a Japanese game show to me. I was going to say, it sounds like a Japanese game show. The toilet turns into a person. Yeah. Just the hugging you. system. Well, no, just hugging glory holes. <laughs> oh, the reach around. Yeah, the t- no, the two two arms come through for a hug, nothing else. Okay. Oh, right. Oh, right. Sorry. You're the one that called it a hugging glory hole. Oh, yeah. Sorry we got that wrong. <laughs> this doesn't have a lot to do with history, no. does it? No. Mm. Should well. we move on to history, or has anyone got anything else? So we we had this workshop today, lovely getting to know you, lovely beautifulness that I love so much. And uh, we, we have a new... We have, <laughs> always name tags. We have a new... Um, a new person working with us who mm. um, seemed a little unusual. Um, but today, w- the question went around, like, to everyone, why, wh- what brought you to this job? What brought you to this job? And everyone's saying very general, very boring things. I was at this place, the taxi. transferred to here. Yes, the taxi, oh, nice, catching the bus. Car. Yeah, um, and then it got to her, and her response was, the stars. Oh. And everyone said, yeah, okay. Dancing with? She said, <laughs> she said, the 11th of April, 2016, I read in my stars that a decision I make on this day will come to fruition in May of 2018. And here I really? am. Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought she was doing her own pick-a-date podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone went, okay. Where did she read, like, Athena Star Woman or something? Yeah, something like that, that, yeah. Some some Star Woman said that. Okay. Is she still around? Oh. Yeah, she's fat. It's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Solid giant there, Chubbs. (laughs) She's Rosanded. Let's not talk about Rosie. Yeah, we can't talk about... On this date, pick Sorry. a date, oh, oh, on this date, oh, Rosie yeah. got shunted. Yeah, on this date. <laughs> but can I just say, and and it's actually a good segue into something else I was going to say. We talked about this on my other podcast, Welcome to Television. Oh, how lovely. If you haven't listened to that, go and find it if you're Australian and yeah. want, to, want to hear some idiots talk about what's happened on TV. And, and just try and um, every... I, th- I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before that, where Stu tried his best to get people talking about Animal, the drama from Hey Hey's Hey, hey. <laughs> so, which I approved No one of. bit. I approved of. You're on the wrong podcast for that, Buckland. I mean, yeah. Stu. But that's the thing. I've talked to the, those guys about Hey Hey it's Saturday multiple times, and no one bit. No bit. That was amazing. You know, when anyway. you do a crossover episode, they can do this one. <laughs> no one's giving you a Hey Daryl or anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I, 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 um, they, they have said, oh, can we come on your other podcast? And I said, well, we record it sort of remotely via Skype or Google Hangouts, and that lost them there because they're luddites. But, um, <laughs> yes. So on 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 the podcast we recorded today, we were just saying how quickly the world works now. You can tweet something racist um, at three o'clock. By 5 o'clock, your show's canned. By 6 o'clock, your agent has dumped you. By 7 o'clock, you're off Twitter. Mm. By 8 o'clock, the world hates you. Like, it's it's, it's amazing. It's quite stunning. <laughs> yes. I'm going to blame Sensible Ben for uh, just obscurely... Uh, <laughs> yeah, plucking her out of the air last <laughs> Ripping on Roseanne out of nowhere, which probably somehow found its way into a kind of uh, mindscape somehow. And um, yeah. Yeah, nice one. Give welcome to television a listen. Mm. These guys, these guys will pop up on an episode shortly. Um, <laughs> let's do the let's pick a date. Pick a date. What date are we going to pick? The date we're going to pick is May twenty nine. Ooh. Um, and I tempted fate. I did not look at the births and deaths before picking this date, but um, <laughs> we've got a uh, we've got a we've got a few that we can work with here. Yeah. All right. So, nineteen oh three, Bob Hope was born. Oh, That's a good English. one. Yeah, well. actor, singer, producer, Bob Hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who was that? That's Bob Hope. Is that a walk-on? Have we got like a Johnny Carson walk-on? <laughs> it was jo- Johnny Carson doing an impression of Bob Hope. Oh, right. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Too subtle. For, too subtle for me, Buckley. Too subtle. Yeah. Come on. Layers. 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 Check the levels, bitch. <laughs> um, Nineteen seventeen. Uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, reasonably famous person. Yes, indeed. Um, Is he that? Oh wow! I didn't realize he was. I thought he was a bit younger than that, but yeah, makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, he's hundred and one, mid forties, or yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. He's just kind of, as I say, it's one of those things. You, you, Time goes so fast, doesn't it? it seems like only yesterday. <sighs> those were the days, my friends. I agree. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Nineteen sixty-seven. This sounds old too. Nineteen sixty-seven. Noel Gallagher. Oh, yeah. Noel Gallagher. That yeah, that's making us yeah. old, isn't it? If he's fifty-one. Uh, yes. Oh shit. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pack it in. That's it. Um. Well, that's depressing. Yeah. So we should move on to the deaths, right? Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> Let's lighten the mood. Fun time. <laughs> Eighteen fourteen. Josephine du Bahanioth the first wife of Napoleon Bonaparte and Empress of France. Of of the uh, Not Tonight Josephine fame, mm. you may remember. Now, <laughs> that's pretty baffling uh, famous phrase to have through history. Basically someone, you know, knocking back a root yeah. has become like a famous quote in history. And how did that get passed on? Did, was someone in the it, room or did he tell... Exactly. Did she complain? Or did he, like, pass it on? Like, Well, yeah, I don't know if he's down with all these sort of macho troops the next morning saying, oh, yeah, I wasn't up for it last night. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, know, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. That's why I believe it's apocryphal. Yes. I'm here, I'm going to say it right now. 
Unless she it was works. constantly on the on it, and he was just like, "Oh God, she's oh Jesus, give it a rest." I know, I'm, I'm trying to some... conquer I'm... everything here, and yeah, I know. I don't need to conquer you as well. Got a bit of mince hanging down my legs here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to creep around in the dark, and bits of me are glowing. Can we subtitle this episode Napoleon's Mids? And um. All right. Hang on. Napoleon Bonaparte. No wonder. (laughs) Oh, the bone came apart. Good night, everybody. I'm uh, going to retire. Well done. (laughs) Oh, that was Bob Hope as well. That was my impersonation of Bob Hope. That's your impression of Bob Hope doing a uh, pun about Napoleon Bonaparte. Well done. Pretending to be Bert Newton. (laughs) Pretending to. Uh, 1997, Jeff Buckley. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. The day he, he drowned. Did the big one. And 2010, Dennis Hopper. Uh, oh, is shit. the day he I died. About that. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's one that I forgot. He, he died. Why, yeah. why did I not remember that? Yeah. Well, because you got blinkers on to the world. <laughs> is that, <laughs> your, is your, that your Dennis Hopper, is it? Is that yeah. your Dennis Hopper go to line? Does yeah. anyone else? My Dennis Hopper go to line is. From Apocalypse Now, where he's like, what are they going to say about him, man? That he was a good man? That he was a kind man? Bullshit! Great. Great mad performance. Or either that, or it's at both speed, going, you can't beat me, you're going to pay me every dollar. Yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of, yeah. Yes. Anyway, we instead of doing Dennis Hopper lines all night, we might move on to... Um, some events from May the 29th, 1453, the fall of Constantinople, mm. when the Ottoman armies capture Constantinople after a 53-day siege, ending the Byzantine Empire. Mm. Uh, right. Any gags there? No. All right. Fairly humorless, the uh, yeah. Byzantines. I, w- I went yeah. there once. That's all I've got. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> Just passing through. Have you suddenly grown... You seem to have suddenly grown a ponytail. <laughs> um, well, you know, I went to Greece too, but that was ruined. <laughs> yeah, it was ruined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1660, the English Restoration. Charles II is restored to the throne of England, Scotland and Ireland. Uh, 1919, Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity is tested mm. by Arthur Eddington and Andrew Claude de la Cheros Cromillon. I wish I'd had a crack at saying that before <laughs> I tried <laughs> recording. Yeah, that's right. Someone proves uh, that you can bend light. How did they yeah, test now. it? Someone, you can it's, prove that yeah, you can exactly. bend light. That's, that's what, it was the bending light, was wasn't it? Light, it was the bending light, yes. Yeah. yeah. They went, oh. oh, you can bend light. Never saw that before. Yeah. Yes. Well, how does that a mirror, dickhead? Fucking hell. How, what about when you close the door and light comes out of it, you mutants? How hard is that to work out? Mutants. <laughs> 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 I believe that's what he said. That was, was that his go-to insult? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Just kicking back. 1953, Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzing become the first people to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Ooh. I love Sherpa Tenzing. Oh, I think he's probably one of my favourite historical figures. He's, yeah. he's he's a fucking dude. He's really really good. We're gonna find out his birth date and we'll get we'll do his a show. His birth date's like in a so, couple so, of days, I believe. No no no, his birthday is it today. It was twenty ninth, isn't it? He's on the twenty ninth. Sorry, it was, yeah. it was on the same it was day. The same day. Oh, Sorry, wow. that was re- gonna be. My I just realised that. <laughs> did he did he did he hold up the like the party like no nah, we can go today no 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 no. Oh. <laughs> 
We're going to go tomorrow. It's my birthday. Come on. I, I, I reckon you'd do the opposite, though. You wouldn't hey, want Sherpa, it to be the same it's day. It's your birthday. <laughs> We're going to party it's like It's like being it. born on Christmas Day. Yeah, exactly. It's like being born on Christmas Day. No one's gonna, no one's gonna celebrate your birthday. They're celebrating the top of the mountain. If you, if you have it, the day you did yeah. some mounting. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're really gonna go. Oh, you know, how sad am I? People only want to bring up that I climb Mount Everest first. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, exactly. It's my, where's my cake? Fucking cake. <laughs> yeah, where's my cake? Uh. I saw a really interesting thing on the other night on SBS. Though they were talking about the hunt for the Yeti. And it sounded, at first I thought it was going to be one of those really terrible... <laughs> you watch some solid right. stuff. Yeah, I, do. I do. It was all that. But I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be one of those, you know, ridiculous kind of um, pseudoscience type things. Yeah. History and Channel documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it was did aliens. Oh, and here's this fuzzy footage. But it was actually quite well done. Like, you know, it was looking at the um, history of the um, myth of the Yeti and, like, you know, they've got these apparently... Yeti relics, and they were all they, were, they DNA tested them all, and everything like that. And they found out they were all actually most of them are from a couple of different uh, varieties of bear, which are native to the Himalayas. Oh. But um, they were they as part of the process, they did some the DNA testing on the Sherpas, and um, it was really interesting that the reason that they're so adapted to high altitude is because part of their DNA is actually. Um, from the Denisovans, which was like a subspecies of humans, like kind of the Neanderthals, mm. and that was then that was like their hangout. And because they interbred with them, they managed to pick up this um, trait on their um, genome. So that's why they're able to okay. actually wow. survive at the high altitudes, right. and why we can't because we haven't we haven't got this Denisovan um, gene, which allows for um, to stop you from getting altitude sickness. So, yeah. Sure, right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's good. Oh, no, that, yeah. All right. Well, my, uh, 1982 was uh, Falklands War. British forces defeat the Argentines. <laughs> battle of Goose Green. Oh. Are we all think- <laughs> oh, the Battle of Goose Green. Are we all thinking about Bob? Oh, yeah, that's yes. right. Yes. <laughs> when was you there, then? I took Mawson's mm. point single-handed. Oh, <laughs> I shut Tucker's finger in the tank door. <laughs> If no one's seen Bottom, that's Mr. Pine. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. There you go. And um, 1990, the Russian parliament elects Boris Yeltsin as president of the Russian Soviet Federative Socialist Republic. Mm. Oh, we love um, Boris. We, we love Boris. Any, any time you feel sad, just Google, I mean, YouTube, Boris conducting. It's the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Happy. Oh, yeah. Big jolly man having a good time. He had his finger on the nuclear button at some point, so there you go. Yeah. And um, do you reckon he'd go there overnight? Like he'd just go and hang out with a bottle of vodka and just sort of rub the button. <laughs> <laughs> Your fucking pardon. Un- <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> Rumor has it that the US kind of helped shovel him into the presidency. Oh, because he was uh, a buffoon. Essentially, <laughs> that would be easily managed. <clears throat> Don't tell me the U.S. have interfered in foreign elections. Well, Russian, of all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down, AK. Uh, I need more proof. <laughs> Saint Day time. Saint Boris. Saint uh, Boris of Saint, Button. The Saint, Saint Day Napoleon really of the Mints. Saint Day bit really needs a theme, doesn't it? It's uh, <laughs> the most that. exciting part of the show. <laughs> Did you guys know that flight attendants had a patron saint? No. Yes, what? Bonner of Pisa 
is um, it's one of the saints whose saint day it is today. She's the saint of travellers um, oh. and specifically flight attendants as well. Mm. Interesting. Now, wasn't um, Saint Christopher the patron saint of travellers, and then didn't he get excommunicated? I get confused. I think he was lost. I did not no, research no. that bizarrely no, enough. Because isn't that what people put on their... Yeah, the St. Christopher medal, yeah. My wife's nan gave her St. Yeah. Christopher's... Um, well, a lot of taxi drivers have the St. Yeah, Christopher hanging off their review. Um, as a, but, well, but he got excommunicated. I don't know the full story. I should stop talking. As always, uh, we, encourage, <laughs> we encourage listeners to fact-check us, and they can do that by do sending we? their thoughts into... Pick a date at Outlook.com or message us on the Facebooks or the Twitters. And May the 29th, guys, is also World Digestive Health Day. Oh, so, we're on that. I hope everybody's really giving their colon some solid thought uh, on that day. And spacing their colons, especially from people in stalls next to them. Yeah, please. Correct. So they don't kind of cramp up and stress out. would be nice. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. I like loud fans in toilets, in public toilets. <laughs> loud fans are the best. Yeah. Well, well, if you feel as in people, just <laughs> go Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Get the boobazailer <laughs> out. Oh, he's about to wipe. He's about to wipe without looking. Look, look. Oh, he did it! Oh my God! It's amazing. Uh, I tell you, I tell you what. It's also a, a little bit kind of makes you feel a bit self-conscious is if you're having a particularly splattery day mm, and there are mm. other people in the stalls with you and you kind of got to wait for the mm. urinals to, to, right. to kick in with yeah, the auto yeah. flush yep. to, to to cover the sound Correct. Your or the release. hand dryer or the yeah, you know yeah. all of that <laughs> you're sitting there going someone wash their fucking hands for christ's sake <laughs> uh, anyway off topic once again <laughs> So, Ben, which 90s sitcom are you going to tell us about tonight? Uh, tonight's sitcom of choice is Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, and it's actually not. Uh, but anyway, the I got it in there. Well done. Um, gentlemen, I'd like to tell you about a, a couple of brothers. They are the Necro brothers. Uh, Joe... Joe and sorry, hang on. Stop. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this a Roseanne moment? No, 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 not at all. Right. Not at all. Necro yeah. is uh, spent, spelt N I E K R O. And okay. for the second week in a row, this story is baseball related. Oh, right. They play in the Necro leagues. That. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was quick. Nice one. Right. <laughs> uh, I just can't get past Mr. Burns hunting them out in the Negro Leagues. Right. Negro Leagues. Yeah. All right. oh, can we put that at the end? Because I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. The, um, I've just got that running through my head. Um, Push on with the story. Please. So Joe, Joe and Phil uh, were both major league pitchers. And the funny thing about Joe and Phil is that they were both knuckleball pitchers. Right okay. now, you know, to to bring it back to you know, I always have to have some sort of cricket reference somewhere. I, I would say that the knuckleballer would be very similar to the <laughs> left arm wrist spinner uh, of cricket. In the fact, just for that, those uh, who weren't quite sure, that's right. Right. you know, okay. uh, yeah. very rare. Uh, and to have two uh, as brothers is uh, highly, it's very, very rare. Now, strangely enough, these two brothers were very different. Phil was 
uh, you know, he was the good guy. Uh, he was a magnificent pitcher. Uh, he was Hall of Fame. He was All-Star. Uh, but his brother Joe uh, is most famous for uh, actually <laughs> some great video footage. I actually have got the YouTube clip ready to share. Okay. And I've- it is of Joe being pulled up by one of the umpires uh, for manipulating the ball. Now, when you're a right. knuckleball thrower, uh, basically the it, it's you know the rougher the ball, the more it's going to go all over the place. And this thing was doing ridiculous, ridiculous things. So the ref has gone, uh, the umpire has gone up to him, and on the mound, he has got him to empty his pockets. Right. And Joe has pulled, just basically put his hands in his pockets, and then just thrown stuff out onto the mound and just pretended like there was nothing in his pockets. He had a nail file in his pocket. (laughs) Now, strangely enough, that's a good part of the story. That's not, that this is not actually about May 29th, but I do have that video. (laughs) Hang on. Just, just hang on. I do have that video and I'm going to share it because it's freaking awesome. Um, Can can, can I just ask, sorry, can we get a a vague era here? This is, uh, this is basically 1976. So the, okay. basically the date on... I'm just on trying the, to see how big the sideburns sh- I should be picturing okay. for. <laughs> the, uh, look, the, the video footage is not great. I had a, I had, a uh, had a look around this afternoon and the... Um, yeah, it's we're really... Uh, yeah, we're really in a wonder age of uh, video in the fact that you can look back and you can only just make out the ball in most of these video clips. But the... So basically, Joe Necro played for 20 years and hit one home run in his career at nearly at nearly a thousand at bats right <laughs> and on the 29th of may 1976 he hit his only home run and right. he hit it off his brother ah. <laughs> so, so how um, long how, how long had he been playing up until the point he hit his home run uh, before he had been, so he'd been playing for ten years. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah. now I, I, I'm feeling a bit of pity ball going. <laughs> yeah, that's here. right. Was it softballed? So, <laughs> so <laughs> a bit of pity ball. Uh, yeah. Well, so so you'd think that even by accident you might sort of. Well, that's right. You know, top top one into the stand somehow before ten years. Is exactly, and then but then he played again. Like he played on until nineteen eighty five. So like, at a, like now look, pitchers <laughs> pitchers don't necessarily bat that much, but to have a thousand at bats and only hit one home run, and Not for that home brother. run to be off your cheating brother. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, Phil, no, was, Phil, Phil, Joe was the oh, cheater. Good the was Phil was the good one. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. Sorry, It was Dodgy Joe. Dodgy he probably Joe, would have sorry, had, yeah. he, put him, he would have put 300 bucks on, <laughs> on, on his brother to hit it. You do that. That's right. So, um, that, look, that, that caught my eye. Uh, I thought that was a real oddity. And, uh, and there's my, um, there's my little story for May 29th. Ah. Was there any indication of any nepotism or any tomfoolery going on that it might or, have been? Did he lob it in? Did he do an underarm pitch? Yeah. There didn't seem to be. Um, I mean, oh, look, everyone was just kind of happy for him. Yeah, everyone was. I think it just sort of happened, you know. It, it, mm. it was just one. Obviously, of those we live in, like there was more. Live in a less cynical age. Yeah. That's right. Well, look, you know, now the uh, you know the That's knives it. would be out, but 
back in the day, you know, they were more worried about him having uh, a nail file in his back pocket <laughs> than they were about his his good the good brother throwing the uh, you know the cheating gypsy brother. The announcers were more concerned about mispronouncing his name. Yeah, so right. Sweating every time he came up to bat. Oh, these knee crows can play some ball. <laughs> yeah. Just in this dugouts, damn these knee crows. <laughs> this knee crow is one dirty player. I like the, yeah, I just like the idea I'm telling of you right him, now. I like the idea of him using the nail file to like, oh, pretending he was using it on his glove just to be like, no, oh, right. I'm, no, no, I, I need it. Just, yeah, uh, just no, no. Here's his the excuse was picking the stitching. Yeah. <laughs> Doing some picking. Uh, should, should I say it? At least it wasn't sandpaper. That's the worst. Oh, oh, lowest. Bloody dodgy yeah. fucking sandpaper. Fucking. <laughs> he actually said to the he said to the umpire, uh, "I I have to file my nails on the mound because I can't throw knuckle balls <laughs> if my nails are too long." <laughs> and I just ate I ate twenty avocados in yeah, the game. Just, and they're just growing out of out, just, of, out of proportion. It's ridiculous. Very healthy. Drinking so much milk. It's great. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. Yes. Uh, my turn. All right. Let me tell you a story here. On May 29, 2007, a 29-year-old man at a karaoke bar in San Mateo Rizal, the Philippines, was singing My Way by Frank Sinatra when he was shot dead. Oh. Alle- allegedly by the bar's security guard who was arrested after the incident. According to reports, the guard complained that the young man's rendition was off-key, and when the victim refused to stop singing, the guard pulled out his thirty-eight caliber pistol and shot the man dead. Wow. <clears throat> this, my friends, is one of many killings in the social phenomenon known as the My Way killings. <laughs> no, no. How many? How many? The My Way killings in the Philippines refer to a number of fatal disputes which arose during the singing of the song My Way in karaoke bars. A New York Times article estimates the number of killings to be uh, between 6 and 12. I was hoping you were going to say in the thousands. Um, okay. <laughs> Did it get to it? You were thinking, be- sensible Ben, that it was getting to the point where they were going up and saying, Can- I would like to sing my way. <laughs> pulling their guns and shooting them. Or, or just, you know, so people, a machine gun to, nest. <laughs> and every time people come up for karaoke, it's just mowing them down. Oh, it's just a new form of euthanasia. You just walk into a karaoke bar and start. <laughs> and now, Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Opinions differ over whether the possible connection is due to, to the coincidence that the song was simply frequently sung uh, in the nation's karaoke bars. I was going to uh, say, it's a pretty pretty popular tune. Yeah. yeah, or whether it has something to do with the aggressive lyrics of the song itself. Aggressive, did you say? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, aggressive. It's, a be- it's you know, this this is a macho, fairly violent society, and then you've got a song where the lyrics is someone getting up basically saying, I do what I want, no one can stop me, all that kind of stuff. Right. That's what some people attribute to it. So some Filipinos, even though they love the song, will not sing it in public in order to avoid trouble. As of 2007, the song's been taken off the playlist of karaoke machines in many bars in Manila after complaints of 
out-of-tune renditions of the song, resulting in fights and deaths. Wow. Fuck. So, do you think, so do you think it's a, a passionate fan thing? Like, is this the... Like, it seems... Because off-key seems to be... Yeah, the, a, a, bit of a, a bit of a yeah. theme going yeah. on here. Mm-hmm. So, is it... Is it more the respect for the song rather than, as you say, the the macho-ness of it? Well, I don't know. These are just people's opinions. My opinion is probably just that this is a, a drunk, violent bar. I think karaoke tends to bring out you have to be quite drunk to yeah. get up Both, and do it. it I think does, you have to I, be I, drunk to appreciate I, I, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think starting fights would be fairly easy. And then, you know, obviously they get further out of hand. Yeah. Mm. So Filipinos who can afford to often get private rooms to sing karaoke. Uh, Violence in some bars led to owners of the establishment employing bakla, who are gay or effeminate men or trans women who use humour to defuse conflicts that start... between uh, between people or over male patrons over women, mm. um, because no one's you know, everyone sees the buckler as, as neutral. They are employed to yeah smooth over conflicts <laughs> wow. that uh, are happening in karaoke bars. Fantastic. So, the New York Times article asks the question: Are the killings a byproduct of the country's culture of violence, drinking, and machismo, or is there something inherently sinister in the song? Um, right, so like uh, play backwards, play backwards, oh. and, and it's got satanic messages. It sounds like they're trying to, you know, write an episode of The Extraordinary. Yeah. Just to hype up the, <laughs> sure the, sounds uh, like it. Yeah. So karaoke bars in the Philippines can often be violent with fights sparked over poor singing or the singing of boring songs. Ooh. And the noticed number... Well... Yeah, you guys are lucky. You're in Australia. <laughs> I reckon. So, yeah. I've heard Chubbs do an amazing rendition of Paranoid Android by Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> Which category does it fall into? It, it, it did not. Boring uh, and it, out of It key. made me like want to cheer. It didn't make me want to kill him. <laughs> yeah, but that's not Chubbs' standard. We all know what Chubbs' standard is. Chubbs? Uh, Bet Middle is the Rose. <laughs> yes. So... Um, that's something that I'll always come back to, and you know, it's, it's neither boring nor ever out of tune. No, as, certainly not. <laughs> Absolutely, as the patrons of the G Kwong can testify <laughs> to. Magical, exactly right. But I, I, I frequented a lot in uh, when I lived in Japan, and I remember there was one uh, woman we always went there with, and she would always sing Billie Jean, and it was oh, yeah. the worst singing I've ever heard in my entire life. But again, that was celebrated rather than, you know, like it was, it's hard to describe exactly how she could sing so badly, but Mm. it was kind of just screeching the song, I guess. I'm just going to shout, but I'm going to screech it at the same time and that will kind of counter singing. Well, one of the, uh, one of the biggest revelations of karaoke that I had ever experienced was... The the, the karaoke the juxta- revelation. I like this. The juxtaposition between karaoke in Australia and karaoke in Japan. Yeah, right. They are in essence the same thing, but <laughs> two completely different experiences. I would agree with that. Yes. The like the fact that a karaoke uh, experience in Australia involves you getting up in front of upwards of a hundred people. Uh, and basically being ridiculed versus <laughs> sitting in a room of 10 to 15 people yeah. uh, 
drinking, drinking copious heavily, amounts of yes. continuously flowing uh, uh, Moscow mules <laughs> with, with a group of yeah. friends uh, with the encouragement of others to actually get up and, you know, and just really sort of let rip uh, and <laughs> screech and yell Billie Jean um, yeah. rather than <laughs> being booed down. Well, I don't think I've ever really seen anyone booed down, but it really is a, it's a different experience. <laughs> or murdered, yeah, that's right. The... Um, but yes, the, if anyone can, uh, the, one of the major reasons to go to Japan is to, to do karaoke. Well, I was going to say sensible, Ben, you, and you're pretty keen for the old, um, a bit of a Frank tune, belting one of those out. Would you be, would you, if you went to the Philippines, would you tempt fate? Like, is it just kind of like a bit of a trial by fire to prove yourself as your, as a Frank performer? By building out my way, would you be tempted to get up there and well, do it? Well, funnily enough, my way has never been my it's way. Never been your go-to, it's I know. No. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but, oh, look, you know, living on the edge, why not? <laughs> maybe... Was that Aerosmith song? Maybe, 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 just maybe, if I, at, at some stage in in life if I get to the point where I'm like you know oh well it's it's pretty close maybe I will go and <laughs> I think let rip I think I'd be tempted to tempt fate I think there's something in there there's a part of it and I think that after a few drinks I'd be even more tempted <laughs> can I tell and, you how I came across this story hmm. please so uh, shout out to a friend of mine who probably doesn't listen um, <laughs> <laughs> hello friend uh, Hello, not listening friend. Uh, no, Dion. Normally, normally your ridicule of our non-listeners doesn't start until about ten episodes into it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dion uh, was recently in the Philippines mm. and is a karaoke nut and got up and sang my way. No. And um, got uh, when he finished and got down, um, was told that he did a good job and that that was lucky for him. <gasps> um, and then got told uh, all about the story. The story, yes. Wow. So he, wow. So he, so he had no prior knowledge. He wasn't no. like no. tempting fate. No, he. Wow. Yeah, he got told about cool. it after he stepped down from singing the song. There should be an asterisk next to that on the bloody karaoke book in the Philippines. <laughs> well, really. <yeah. laughs> like, just a picture of a bullet-riddled corpse, <laughs> <with> smoking style <laughs> ad. <laughs> Yes, so I guess Lucky did a good job. So I've got a lot. I've, I've got a lot uh, more notes here about you know possible reasons why the song has this effect, particularly on people. But I'm going to skip all that and just go to my last paragraph here, which is karaoke rage in other countries. Oh, so. Um, Videoki rage or karaoke rage is not just limited to my way in the Philippines. There have been several reported cases of singers being assaulted, shot or stabbed mid-performance, usually over how songs are sung. <laughs> in Malaysia in 2008, a man at a coffee shop hogged the karaoke microphone so long he was stabbed to death by other patrons. Right. Uh, in Thailand, a man was arrested on charges that he shot to death eight neighbours, one of whom was his brother-in-law, in a dispute stemming from several karaoke offerings, including repeated rendition of John Denver's Take Me Home. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. His case dismissed. 
In July But 20- Your Honour, John fucking <laughs> yeah, We're going to play this now in court. Imagine this. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to play this on a loop for three hours now. In July 2013, American was stabbed to death for refusing to stop singing in a karaoke bar in Thailand. In China, a fight occurred over the microphone in a karaoke parlour and a man hacked two others to death with a meat cleaver. Whoa. Who uh, takes a meat cleaver karaoke in? <laughs> Yeah, well, Meat Cleaver Karaoke Thursdays. <laughs> Meat. <laughs> Cleaver and uh, cook your a... own steaks <laughs> and kill some karaoke girls. There was, there was also an incident in Seattle where a karaoke singer was punched and attacked by a woman in order to stop him singing Cold Plays Yellow. Again, mm. fair enough, I think. So there we go. <laughs> karaoke Rage. I thought wow. I'd bring that to your attention, fellas. Jeez. Yellow's yellow's a pretty good one to get angry about, I think. Oh, fuck yeah. Dull it's song. It's pretty dull. Oh, it's very dull, dull isn't it? And, and quite difficult to sing. Quite difficult well, to like, sing. You can just see there's so many... Yeah, yeah imagine them look at the stars. That'd be, look at the stars. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> you should run karaoke with that attitude. All right. First line. Fuck off. All right. She's <laughs> booted no. him off the stage. Yeah, I, I'm I'm usually pretty handy karaoke, so I'm, yeah, I'm going into it with that attitude, to be honest. Um, all right, uh, let's uh, jump over to Matt. All there. right, well, we're going to keep the, the music theme going, and on this day, I won't tell you the year because I, I want you to have a guess, on this day, the highest selling single of all time was recorded. Does anyone know what the highest selling single of all time worldwide was can recorded? I have a, can I have a stab? It sold 50 million copies. Is yes. It? Oh, White Christmas. Yeah, White Christmas. Yes, White Christmas by Bing Crosby was recorded on the 29th of May, 1942. Um, okay. Which I'm pretty stupid at times, and, I, and when I read that, I was like, but it's not Christmas. It's, it's May. <laughs> <laughs> I literally went, that doesn't make sense. Why didn't they record it at Christmas? <laughs> Didn't they release it the same day they recorded Yeah, that's right. It's very fast. It's a very quick turnover. Um, okay, so what I wanted to, to see is this uh, list has 13, 14 songs that have sold 15 million copies or upwards worldwide. And I wanted to see just how many you could get. And maybe if you're struggling, you can... Um, I'll give you some of the artists. Um, I, okay. The reason why I'm going through it, and we'll get to it, is you, I was so excited to see what was ninth. And this is a, a clickbait article, if ever there was one. You won't <laughs> believe what number nine <laughs> is. Okay, so what do you think? Can we, what, else can, what if we throw an artist at you and you say yes yeah, or no, whether they've yep, yep, got yep, a yep. song in the list? Does that sound all right? Yeah, that's fine. So we're going to say MJ, Michael yeah, Jackson. Oh, Ellis, got... Ellis, great minds. Yeah. Michael Jackson is not on the list of 15 million songs. Ooh. His album, Elvis. Thriller, is the highest-selling album of all time. Yep. Yeah. But mm. singles, well, I think everyone bought the singles album. I think it was 35 Elvis million it? sales of the album so not enough people buying singles if they've got them already okay (laughs) okay no uh mel how about elvis how about mel and kim no (laughs) 
Oh, wow. No? Okay. No, I, 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 I don't think it's on the list it. of the top thousand. But, uh, Elvis? Shall we get them all, about, all out of our system? <laughs> yeah, Elvis. Charles and Eddie. <laughs> Charles and Eddie. Plastic Bertrand. Elvis, yeah. Elvis is yeah. on the list. He's one, two, three, four, okay. five, seventh. Is it Jailhouse Rock? No, it is. Um, <laughs> blue suede shoes. Uh, no, it's it's now or never is his oh, most popular song. Okay. Remember, it's worldwide. That, again, that song Elvis obviously has a big following all over the world. But that song mm. in Japan was another karaoke song mm. the Japanese people always yeah. sing. Yep. Um, okay. What all about right. Unchained Melody? Unchained Melody is on the list. Yes, there's a couple of songs no, I think they've had good. a couple of runs. So Unchained Melody came out, yeah, it was fairly yeah. successful, and then when Ghost came out, it yeah. was a monster Ooh, hit in I'm, 1990. In that vein, I'm going to go. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody is on the list as well. But again, oh, it's having double runs. Yes, I uh, don't what, think it was that successful right. the first time, but what about, certainly went way What about the Gambler? No, not the Gambler. Damn it! Um, I'll uh, give you the year. You Kenny on that. Say that again. Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Rogers. No, Kenny Rogers. Uh, uh, I, will, I will tell you. I will tell you the year. Uh, and the second one, with second to Bing Crosby, was thirty-three million, and it came out in nineteen ninety-seven, and it was a charity single. Oh, Macarena. <laughs> All right. What, what charity was that for? <laughs> People with Parkinson. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough too. Uh, she's a macarena for Michael. <laughs> oh, if you could get Michael Parkinson, oh, macarena, then that would. Damn it! You got, him, you got him quicker. You got... Okay, no, you oh. fools! It was Candle in the Wind. Elton John. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Okay, sold right. thirty-three million copies. Yeah. Um, well, in that vein, then is. Um... Any of the Live Aid, um, not Live Aid, what is it, Band-Aid? Yeah, well, um, not really, not Band-Aid, but USA for Africa, USA We for Are Africa, the World. Sorry, yep. From, Can we go we in the round? Because we're just kind of talking over the top of each other here. Sorry, right? Yes, yeah, USA um, for Africa, We Are the World, was uh, sold yep. 20 million copies. All right. We go, you got another go? Uh, uh, are you two on the list? You two are not on the list. Okay. Okay, what about Beatles. Strangely enough, not the Beatles. No Beatles. No, they're they rich. Um, I'm trying to think of some of those. Uh, is there any ABBA on there? No ABBA. Ooh, I, I, will, I, will, I will give you a hint. There's quite a lot of shitty ballads <laughs> from the early <laughs> 90s that you will definitely go, oh, yes, songs oh, okay. that were in the number one or high up for too fucking long. Um, uh, were they British or American acts? Uh, one American, one Canadian. Brian Canada. Adams. Yeah, Brian Adams. What song? Yep. Um, uh, everything I Do, I Do It For You. That's correct. Uh, everything one from I the do. Robin Hood. Yes, movie. Everything I Do, I Do It For You, 15 million. Uh, female artist was fifth, sold 22 million. Madonna? Singles. Not Madonna. It's from a soundtrack. Tracy Chapman. It's from a soundtrack that she was actually in as well. Female artist, 1992. Oh. Not uh, 1992. Hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry. Madonna's not the female artist. She wasn't in a movie and didn't do the soundtrack. Uh, Oh. 92. 1992. Oh, Celine Dion would have to be on there somewhere. Celine Dion is on the list. My heart will go on from 1997. Oh. Are we talking movie soundtracks? Yeah. Um. 
Whitney. Whitney is correct. 22 fucking million copies of that song. What? Incidentally, (laughs) another one people would love to sing at karaoke. And uh, Mm. you know what? Can't sing. Usually, usually, uh, this is, again, as as um, Sensible Ben was saying, the difference between Australian karaoke and Japanese karaoke is Australian karaoke, people sing that and destroy the song horribly. Yeah. In Japan, yeah, right. you don't... You, I think having people in a room with your friends makes you realise what your limitations are. <laughs> because people yes. don't seem to sing outside of their limitations. So people who sang that in Japan usually did it really well. Quite respectful. Or, or simply... In other countries, friends are supportive of each other. Yeah. In Australia, friends are very happy to rip into (laughs) your flaws and faults. They're more likely to go, yeah, get up and do I Will Always Love You. Everyone will love it. Get up and do it. When your best mate's nickname's Ball Bag. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go through. That's the kind of culture. I'm going to go through because we've only got a... Four or five left. I'm going to go through the number three. Hey, um, is Psy on that list? Say, say that again. Sorry. Psy, the South the South Korean. All oh, right. Um, you know what? Oh. I I would look that up earlier today because he's he's not on the list, and he's quite a long way down the list. So what? But, but he. But if you added YouTube views onto there, I guess. Yeah, but that's it. Like I think it had it was the first uh, video to have one billion YouTube views. But yeah, it okay. didn't sell as many. I think everyone just watched it on YouTube and went, "That's weird," yeah. and, and didn't put it on. Didn't like, "Oh, I'm going to listen to this song without." I think uh, it was a very visual. That was the appeal of it as well. Was how okay. visual it was. Well, by that by that token, the pineapple pen guy probably hasn't. <laughs> no, he didn't that. crack any market either. <laughs> so Bing Crosby was third again with Silent Night, just hogging the oh. the Christmas market. Okay. We've got. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. Oh, for Yes, which I can't stand. Um, but is there any boob like Christmas on there? There's no, sadly not, sadly not. What about Rolf Harris' Six White Boobies? Oh. <laughs> that didn't make the list, I'm about afraid. The, about the Australian basketball team? <laughs> wow. Uh. <laughs> oh. um, you're the one that oh. I want was on the list. Oh, I was going to say a Grease song. Come on, we should have I thought it might have been hopelessly devoted. That one never soundtrack. goes away. My, my six-year-old daughter loves Grease. Loves it. She would watch it happily every day. Um, I, I can't wait. I love the idea of watching it with her until she gets older and older and starts going, hang on. Has that, that got the right themes in it? That's the thing. It all... I've every Everyone... Well, so many people I know grew up on... Greece, and then watch it later in life, and we're like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know any of this was." Happening. It's done in a way where they don't. But are those people right in the head? It all That's washes past them. It all just goes past them. They just go, "All right, where's the song?" Oh, yeah, there's a song. They don't get oh, what it's singing about. There's some cracking tunes in it. Yeah, like the tunes are such earworms. They're fantastic. They love, really, they really love really Rizzo. Songs. They think she's hilarious. They don't know what the hell she's talking about, but she puts a oh, wig yeah. on and dances around. That's pretty fun. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's oh, it is. Oh, but that one just never goes away. They're at a fair. Yeah, they're at a fair and they're dancing and they drive away in a flying car. That's right. <laughs> what's, to, what's not not to like there, really? Yeah, fair enough. And there's T-Birds. Anyway, so here are the odd ones. Uh, the, the eighth highest selling single of all time is the Ink Spots, If I Didn't Care. The from I don't 1939. I'm going to play you a bit. You might recognise it. It's on a few soundtracks. Ah. Mm. If I didn't 
Really? No. How many did it sell? 19 million copies. Oh, Jesus. Was that like the entire population of the Earth? Jesus Christ. I haven't researched that. Let me look that up. It didn't actually sell 19 million copies. They just sent out a copy to everyone, YouTube style. To get them to join the war or something? If you go (laughs) to war, you won't have to listen to this. There's these Maasai warriors just standing there going, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I think that's what it was. With good cause. It was fucking awful. (laughs) <laughs> I can't, I was like, all right. And then I had to check. I was like, surely this can't be right. And I looked it up. Yes, it sold 19. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, wow. I know taste is a bit unusual and, and varied, but that just, anyway, that seems odd. But anyway, song number what, nine. What about um, What a Wonderful World? Is that No, on that's that? not on the list. No. Oh, just that weird, just that cheesy song. <laughs> I don't get it, even for its time. And why isn't it famous? Like, it's not carried over. Like, that's no. the weird thing, right? Like, all the other songs on the list... Oh, the other one was Bill Haley and the Comets Rock Around the Clock. Nice. Right? Yeah. Sense, so all yep. these songs you know, 1945, 1930, 1942, 1954, they're all still in the lexicon. But this yeah. one... Did everyone just buy it and go, like in 50 years' time, are people going to be like looking up and going, what the hell is Gungan style? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. Well, you've got to remember that you could get heroin over the counter at the Thomas back in those (laughs) days, so that might have been a a big heroin song, isn't it? (laughs) And it's a great heroin song. Probably, yeah, explains some of the figures. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but here we go. Number nine. This this is really the only reason I'm doing this, is to tell you that the ninth highest-selling single all time, is Baccarat, Yes Sir, I Can Boogie. Oh, no. That's no fucking amazing. No. Yep, yep. And because that it is... was massive in Europe more than anything else. It, and I can imagine it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that is the ninth heli- selling single of all time. Baccarat. I don't even know if I know that one. Oh, how do you yeah, not you know Yes Sir, I Can, I can, can Boogie? Sorry. Really? I've just had a red dot appear on my shoulder. (laughs) I think my Filipino (laughs) neighbour. So they were Spanish. So they were Spanish, a Spanish duet, and so it was huge all over Europe. So I, I'd love to look at the figures in in America, in Australia, in England, Mm, um, where they were. But yeah, a massive hit in 1977 all over Europe. And so, yeah, because I, I, I remember hearing it in like as it must have been like a, a throwback in discos and stuff when the, the disco tag, yeah, as you, we went around Europe, like right, you know, right, and, right, stuff, right. and it used to pop up pretty regularly. And I just thought, oh, you know, I knew it because we had we had our um, obsession with crappy 70s. Yeah, I got it. I remember, yeah, my, one of our great friends, Lowell's, gave me a CD for my birthday, yeah. which was the sensational, hits the, yeah, hits of the 70s, and that all yeah. these songs I'd never heard of. And I was like, yeah, fantastic, right. awesome songs. But yeah, that one seemed to pop up, and I was like, oh yeah, I know this one. Yes, it's a it's Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so that that is the complete list of songs that have sold over fifteen million. And on this day, uh, sorry, on this day, White yeah. Christmas, even though it wasn't Christmas, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> that's, False advertising. Uh, yeah. That's fucking bullshit. The scat man on there. How so. could how would they uh, know what to sing if it wasn't? Malcolm Gladwell needs to do a revisionist history of that. <laughs> yes, I would agree. Don't give him ideas. 
<laughs> by the way, and just just it wasn't even Christmas. Just secret, and he wrote the he wrote the song. <laughs> That's right. Separately though, uh... chirpy chirpy cheap cheap sold ten million singles worldwide. <gasps> You're kidding no, me? No, I'm not kidding. I was gonna. I thought. I thought. Well, I think that's the thing. I was thinking that maybe there would have been a few more little. It really isn't far like down that. the list. Is chirpy chirpy cheap cheap? And if you don't know that song, uh, we, I'm going to put it on the page because it's one of the worst songs it's of amazing. all time. Is there any that's Neil not... Diamond in the top like thirty? I haven't gone through it with a fine tooth comb, okay. but I can have. I think a look. We, we can we can spend was, the rest a... of the podcast going. Is this person on? Is that person? <laughs> <laughs> probably move on. I think Cracklin' Rosie was, was more of an album man. Old Neil. Yeah, I think Cracklin' Rosie was his biggest hit, but I don't have. Cracklin' Rosie, get See? on board. There you go, and that's the only yep. reason yep. why is because people are like, yes, <laughs> we'll take that. Fuck it, right. we're gonna get on board. Yep, Chubs, get on board. <laughs> get on board, Chubs. Um, all right. Now we've had the front volume. Oh, you know, so fun. much fun. Let's take a door down a notch. Oh. We're going to take you across to Brussels in 1985. 1985? 1985. 1985. Brussels in 1985. And it was a very exciting time. There was lots of um, football fans on the streets of Brussels in 1985. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool fans and Juventus fans. And Juventus had finally made their first European Cup final. Um, Liverpool were coming back to defend it. There was some pretty... Uh, I'd, I'd say that football hooliganism from English fans was probably around in Europe was probably around about at its height. Uh, there'd been a bit of um, bit of bit of argy bargy, and so there was some pretty tight security. Basically, the any of the ferries which headed across to Brussels, either from Merseyside or from the east coast, they were heavily guarded. So you know, but you know, there was plenty of Liverpool fans heading into city that day. There was lots of everyone was pretty much saying that it was an a convivial kind of crowd in the lead-up to the actual game on the match day. Mm. So plenty of drinking going on out in the streets, but nothing too um, major. Everyone was oh, kind of well, getting on pretty well. Everyone was just having a good time. Yeah, just having yeah, a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, celebrating football, yeah. yeah. Okay, Yeah, good. that's right. Yeah. all about football. Finer aspects of the game. Yeah. So um, anyway, getting into this ground, it was called the um, Hazel Ground. Yes. In um, Brussels. Yay. Well, everyone and... strap yourselves in for a good giggle here. I, I know. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> oh, yeah. The hilarity is going to be coming thick and fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're so, listening yeah. to Pick a Date, the <laughs> comedy history. <laughs> <laughs> well, did we say we're a comedy? I thought we said we're educational. This is where I've... I just... Uh, you know. Well, so we basically, can't not be funny. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's try. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Let's try. Yeah. Um, basically, at one end, one end of the ground, we had all of the Juventus fans. So, as I say, being at the time when hooliganism was rife, the fans were separated, all the tickets were separated. Um, at one uh, end of the ground, we had all of the Juventus fans, and they took up three of the big bays um, around the goals. And at the other end, Liverpool had two bays, all the Liverpool fans, and then there was another neutral bay next to the Liverpool fans. Good now, summer. what... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this was known as this, this neutral bay <clears throat> was called Block Z, okay, or Block Z. Sorry. Um, so most of the people who ended up buying tickets for this Block Z ended up become were Juventus fans. Now, 
as I say, there was a lot of uh, English security. The British police came across on the boats and everything. But once they arrived in Belgium, they really had no power at all. But they kind of went along for the ride with the fans just in case anything was happening, you know, keeping an eye out and all that kind of stuff. And they were quite shocked to see that this this um, Block Z was filled up with so many Juventus fans because it was complete next to um, adjacent to the Liverpool fans, and it was only the only barrier was this uh, pretty much a, a cyclone fence, like a thin chainmail fence type thing. So there wasn't much going on between them. The problem was is that the stadium was pretty much starting to fall apart, huh. and the Liverpool fans then decided that because there were so many Juventus fans next to them, they started hurling bits of the stadium at them. <laughs> um, Fuck. There was, they decided that um, there was a bit of a Russia defence when they went into Block Z. Basically what happened was is that they claimed that in Block Z there were some, Euro, um, there were some Liverpool fans as well as the Juventus fans, which were by far the majority. Um, and that these Liverpool fans were being harassed and harangued and bashed up by these Juventus fans. So they decided to, as any good Brit would tell you, take matters into their own hands, and they pretty much charged down the fence and jumped into this block Z. Um, this caused a massive stampede. Okay, so all the Juventus fans are in this block Z, and they're all, all of a sudden... That all of these uh, Liverpool fans, of which they reckon there was probably around about a third more than there should have been inside these two bays, <laughs> um, all of these Liverpool fans were charging over this fence straight at them, basically just to kick the shit out of them because that's what they did back in the day. So they charged over. The Juventus fans start to charge away to the doorway, which is one single narrow doorway, oh, God. Um, Three Stooges style. Yeah. <laughs> 5,000 people running for the one doorway and there's nothing, there was nowhere for them to go. Mm. So basically what happened, there was this massive crush coming on from, caused by, allegedly, the Liverpool fans kind of coming along and starting to attack these people in uh, Block Z. Now, at this point, there, basically there's, it was the, uh, a wall ended up collapsing at this gate next to the gate. As I say, it was like a brick wall and the doorway was basically just cut into it. And that wall ended up collapsing. And there was um, a report that lots of people died as a result of this wall collapsing. It wasn't actually the case because they'd already died mm. from suffocation oh, and crush injuries wow. prior to that. Oh, Jesus. So this is, and this is, and as I say, this is, this is pretty dire and absolutely not anything to joke about. But so we had 39 people um, were killed as a result of the crush injuries and suffocation as they tried to escape these Liverpool fans, allegedly. One of the... There was a report from one of the guys saying that he was... Um, they, he felt his trainers being sucked off his feet um, from the crush, and he was just physically lifted up in the air by all the people around them. So it was that much of a crush, and he, could, he just said he just felt the life being drained out of him. He managed to basically climb up over the top of other people and get out that way. And there was reports from others being stuck on the ground for, um, you know, they were saying for minutes at a time, but it may not have even been that long. But basically this huge crush going on. So anyway, so this is prior, this is about an hour before the Duke kickoff of the game. Now, what would you think would have happened in a North? So 39 people have been crushed to death in the ground. There's 600 people have been uh, ferried to hospital with some of them very serious injuries. A portion of the stadium has collapsed. Mm. 
Well, a, a, the, one a of the wall. exterior yeah. walls has collapsed. One of the exterior walls has collapsed. Um, at this stage, you've got to remember that this is the end away from the rest of the Juventus fans. So there are, you know, another fifteen to 20,000 Juventus fans at the other end of the ground trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And all they're seeing is this red wave basically coming across into where they saw a majority of other Juventus um, fans. <laughs> so they all start jumping the fence and coming around the running track to come down and take on the Liverpool fans. So basically they start having pitch battles in the middle of the football field <laughs> against the police. All of this about an hour before the game's supposed to kick off. Most of the people in the stadium who weren't in the fan areas had any idea what actually was going on at this stage until the Juventus fans actually kind of invaded the pitch and started to come on. They had no idea what was going on. Um, so basically there ended up being a sit-down with um, the mayor of Brussels <laughs> and Jesus. an Italian an Italian minister okay. and the, um, the representatives from both clubs. So the, um, I, I think it was the managers of both clubs, not the, um, not the actual team managers, but um, the right. CEOs of it, both the clubs. Now, the old... Um, the Italian minister pretty much straight away said, no, nah, there's no way we can play the rest of the game. The mayor of Brussels was... Um, he liked a drink. <laughs> and... He was shit-faced, and he basically said, no, no, we've got to play the game, otherwise there's going to be too much violence. You know, we're going to let them all out onto the streets, and they're just going to destroy the town. So we have to play the game. In the meantime, all the players were down underneath in the tunnels, sitting there waiting to play. Like, you know, they can hear this commotion going on. They don't really know what's happening. They're just told to stay down in the tunnels. They have no idea that this is all kicked off. And so they're all down there, and then they come down, and someone comes down and tells them, oh, there's going to be a delay to the play. We're going to be delayed by a couple of hours. And they're like, oh, what's happened? And they said, oh, there's been some, there's been an, a major incident. There have been some injuries, but we're cleaning it all up, and we'll all be fine. <laughs> and this is what the players were told. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so just keep, so, keep stretched, guys. You know, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get to it shortly. Just make sure, you know. No, uh, no cramps or injuries, please. Just keep, keep, keep ready. We'll, we'll be playing soon. Don't worry. <laughs> so basically, yeah, and that's it. That's exactly what happens. And some of them are sitting around playing cards. Like, you know, they just, they, they, they're just chilling out, trying to, they're, they're playing in one of the biggest games of their career. Like, you know, this is a European Cup final. It's a massive, massive game. You know, and it was just at the time when, you know, the being televised across Europe was starting to be a big thing. And so they're down in the dressing rooms waiting, and then I think the um, Liverpool captain gets brought out up onto the pitch, and he's just, he's devastated. He comes out, and he can't believe what he can see, because he's all, and he breaks down, basically, and grabs one of the security detail's hand, and he's just like, what's happened here? It looks like a war zone. He comes up, you know, there's this collapsed wall, there's, um, they're not, they're not ready for this kind of level of a disaster. They've basically got these makeshift tents out the back, which is just filled with bodies, um, there's people who are strewn everywhere. There's still injured people lying around the pitch. And he's been brought out to try and quell the fans and keep them calm. And same with some of the Juventus players are brought out there. And because there are so many Juventus fans on the pitch, they've actually got um, fans, some of the fans coming up to them saying, oh, help me, I need to find my brother, I can't find him anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And other ones were coming up to them going, hey, mate, can I get an autograph, please? Oh, oh I've just been so stoked about being in the moment. So uh, there was this really weird... Thing where half the people just didn't seem to care what had happened or didn't really understand the gravity of what had happened. And 
the other half were absolutely distraught and devastated because they'd lost loved ones and family. Yeah. So basically two hours later, they're, they're still kind of debating about whether it's going to go ahead or not. Um, eventually, to, um, they, the teams come up, so it's about two and a quarter hours later, and they, they play the game. And this was in the backdrop of, you know, these 39 people had died and 580, sorry, I said 600 before, it's 580 were actually sent to hospital. Um, of the dead, we had 32 Italians, four Belgians, two French, and one bloke from Northern Ireland. And Juventus eventually won the game. Um, they won 1 0 based mm. on a really, really dodgy penalty. Yeah. Um, it was oh, actually, that's the it was, biggest crime of the day. I've actually spoken to people in when I was in England, Liverpool supporters, and when you bring it up, they like, yes, tragedy, tragedy. That penalty was the <laughs> biggest farce. You're like, yeah. great. He was brought down outside the box, yeah. and, uh, stumbled in the box. Yeah, and stumbled and was in like, the box. Oh, yeah, like, it was never a penalty. Like, You're like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was that, yeah, and that was that. And that was, but this was the big thing. There was huge criticism against both teams for daring to play afterwards. Yeah. But it's one of these things which is really, and it was, it's become really brushed under the carpet of history. Like, you know, this was a massive thing. Um, there was some, some of the Liverpool uh, fans were eventually, eventually convicted of manslaughter. Fuck. Which is a pretty big stretch when you think about it. Yeah. Because it was such a... Yeah, the organisation of the whole thing... He's, yeah, he's... well, that's exactly right. Like you know, and I'm, like, I mean, I'm not tr- trying to say that they weren't responsible, but to pin it on individuals, I think, is a pretty strong thing to do because there's so many other extenuating circumstances. Well, even if you draw back to the fact that they chose to play it at that particular stadium, when the stadium itself was in no fit state to hold. Well, and this is and this has been part of the argument, like you know that the and the. Even the police who were actually on duty for the game were like they were the they were some of the police. I think the police were actually on that boundary between um, Section Z and the rest of the Liverpool fans. They were basically the third string of their tactical response group type mm-hmm. thing because the Pope had been in Belgium earlier that month, and so many police had worked overtime. Oh, God. All of those top-tier police had taken the time off because they'd basically worked three weeks straight without any break. And then it was the third tier who were the ones who ended up being in this oh, absolutely man. critical zone. But it's, it's, a, it's just, a lot it's of a lot of things happen in in the eighties with football. That's why it's all seated yeah. now is because that happened, and then a few years later it happened at Hillsborough where you know, yeah. even more ninety something well, and, people. And I think that's the thing, like you know, the that Hillsborough has a very different place in yeah. the hearts of Liverpool fans, especially like you know if you think about it. Whereas this is something which. I I vaguely knew about, but until I had a look at it, like you know, I had no idea of the actual the carnage that yeah, it was. Like you know, right. that's, having thirty nine people dying at a at a game and then continuing well, then to play the game, game yeah. like mm. two hours later, and then as I say, like the big thing part of the big criticism being later, you know, against the players, like how dare you celebrate your goals? How dare you? Rejoice in this victory, and even Juventus, like they really rarely acknowledge the fact that this. They acknowledge that it happened, but it's not something that they ever really kind of talk about mm. being a tragedy on their website or anything like that. It's something which is very, it's a very shameful type thing right. in the annals of European football. And yeah, um, all European, all English clubs were banned from European football for 
the next four years after that, and I think Liverpool for six. Yeah, wow. Um, Fuck. So, yeah, they didn't play. They didn't play for the rest of the eighties. So you know, you think about the Liverpool team of the eighties, it was just incredible. And something that I didn't realise, and I say this particularly for sensible Ben, that um, Bruce Grobbler, the um, Liverpool goalkeeper, mm. was actually Zimbabwean and sounded quite a bit like one of our friends. <laughs> So if you ever ever feel like you've kind of oh, right. Oscars out, maybe we can get Oscar and, and Bruce Grobbler together. Os- for a chat. Oscar and Bruce could definitely have a bit of a conversation together. I think, but, <laughs> at yeah. some stage, at some stage, that would definitely be something that we could. But um, sorry to bring it down there, boys. Uh, <laughs> as I say, I'm, well, um, I'm still not quite getting the tone of this podcast. I'll get a lot of Oh, thanks for that story. Thank you. Yeah, great story. Good night, everyone. Good night. Have a great time. <laughs> Bob Newhart. Uh, wow. Join us next week well, where Bruce Grobbler and Oscar Pistorius <laughs> sing Chirpy Chirpy Cheep Cheep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bruce Grobbler <laughs> to the Tamaja Bar. <laughs> um, no. Yes. Uh, yeah, get in contact. Pick a date at Outlook.com, Facebook, Twitters, iTunes reviews, please. Uh, and just share it with someone. Yeah, share the love. Share it with the people you love. Yes, it's Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. I was very sure someone was going to do uh, the space shuttle Discovery completes its first docking with the International <laughs> Space Station. <laughs> Purely so we could talk about docking for a few minutes. Jonathan docking.